Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. It's Monday, December 19th, 2022. What's your favorite Bible verse? Now, maybe you have a few coming into your mind. Maybe instantly you thought of one, but most people have uh, something they would say is their favorite Bible verse or at least favorite Bible verses. And if you ask someone who's been a Christian for a while, they'll probably be able to give you some answer to that question. Well, when you're a pastor and you're a preacher and you spend a lot of your time talking about the Bible, uh, maybe people won't come to you and ask, hey, what's your favorite verse? And you answer. But if you listen to a preacher enough, you'll start to figure it out. You'll start to figure out what that preacher's favorite verse or verses are because I'm sure those verses will come up frequently. And as I think back to one of my pastors, um, it was clear one of his favorite Bible verses was Revelation eleven fifteen because he would quote it all the time. And there's there's good reason for that. It's a verse worth quoting. It's a verse worth celebrating. And I want you to see that today. I want you to be able to celebrate and cherish Revelation eleven fifteen. As you look at Revelation, it starts with these two witnesses. Um, And I think every year I go through this, even someone else will say, well, have you heard about this theory for who the two witnesses are or what the two witnesses are? And again, like everything we see in Revelation, there's different things that Chris interpret this passage to mean. I think the best way to understand is that these are two literal witnesses uh, because you see in some detail that finally they are killed and says in verse nine for three and a half days, some of the peoples, uh, some from the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. Uh, and so they're going to rejoice. It even says they'll be giving presents. It says they'll be making merry and exchanging presents. That sounds like Christmas. Uh, they're going to be celebrating the death of these witnesses like Christmas. Uh, and then verse 11, but after three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and great fear fell upon those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven say to them, come up here. And they went up to heaven in a cloud and their enemies watched them. Um, and so this was now the end of the second woe, but we get to the third of the three woes, which are trumpets five, six, and seven. And we get to verse 15. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet and there were loud voices in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. And so my old pastor used to quote that a lot. The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And I want you to see why that's worth quoting. And because I do think this is referring to something that is still yet to come. Uh, as the seventh trumpet is blown, it seems that things are picking up steam towards the end of this tribulation, the end of this judgment. And now it's saying that uh, really it's saying the kingdom is going to belong to Christ and Christ is going to now reign forever and ever. 
And then we see in verses 16 and 17, and the 24 elders who sit on their thrones before God fell on their faces and worshiped God saying, we give thanks to you, Lord God almighty, who was, who is, and who was for you have taken your great power and begun to reign. The nations raged, but your wrath came and the time for the dead to be judged and for rewarding your servants, the prophets and saints, and those who fear your name, both small and great, and for destroying the destroyers of the earth. And so there you see some clear flashbacks to Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage? Um, right? That, that, and the, even that psalm is a messianic psalm because it points to Christ. And now Christ is coming. His wrath is coming. He will judge uh, those who have rejected him. He will reward his servants and he will reign forever and ever. Uh, These words even have become uh, a part of the hallelujah chorus, right? He shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, And as you think about those words today, I want you to rejoice. I want you to say some hallelujahs that that you can look and know, hey, someday this, this verse is going to be realized and Christ will be here. He will reign forever and ever. And his kingdom will be something here, present, not just, uh, you know, now we think of the church or, or things like that, but no, Christ himself will be here and he will reign and all will be made right and sin will be judged and his servants will be rewarded. I hope that gives you strength today. As you look out and you see the nations raging and you look out at a sinful world, I hope that you are encouraged knowing, no, all these kingdoms in this world, they will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ and he will reign forever and ever. So that is, uh, well, that's good news on a Monday. That's good news for us to think about. That's something for us to celebrate as we look forward to the return of Christ. Uh, Now let's go back to the Old Testament today, to the book of Zechariah, where we're reading chapters one through five. Now, all of these chapters are a part of the book that are really the night visions of Zechariah, these visions that God gives to him. And again, it's helpful how we're reading this in context of, uh, well, really we're even kind of in the middle of the book of Ezra, because a lot of these visions are fulfilled and meant for this time of the return to Jerusalem, the rebuilding of the temple. And so it's a great time to read these, uh, these visions. And a lot of them, if you just read them, you start hearing visions, maybe you get intimidated, just, just read them and you will see lots of times it tells you pretty clearly what the meaning is is. Uh, And so as we look at the first five chapters today, you see these visions, just a couple things to point out. Perhaps my favorite of these visions comes in chapter three. And I just spent, well, it was supposed to be one week, but God turned it into two weeks uh, in Philippians three uh, verses two through six. And one of the main ideas was, hey, you need to trust Christ, not your spiritual resume. Well, here in Zechariah three, we see a very powerful picture of what it means to, to be given the the resume of Christ. Um, it, it talks about Joshua, the high priest, and he's a key figure in these post-exilic books. Um, 
And it says he sees this vision of Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. So here's a very real picture of Satan being the accuser of the brethren. And the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, O Satan, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now, Joshua, who is standing before the angel clothed with, with filthy garments, Uh, And the angel said to those who are standing before him, remove the filthy garments from him. And to him, he said, behold, they have taken your iniquity away from you and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed him with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. And I think this is a powerful visual uh, that God is basically saying to Satan, yeah, you know, Uh, this high priest, he is on his own, nothing special, but hey, take the garments away and give him pure garments. I think this psalm, this this vision uh, gives us a very powerful picture of what it looks like to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ, that we are sinners, that we are in dirty garments, um, but God clothes us in the righteousness of Christ. And I think this is just a good illustration of that. Here, clearly, you see God is trying to affirm the high priest in this time. He's trying to uh, affirm Joshua, the high priest in this time after the exile. Uh, and that's what a lot of these visions are, are doing, even affirming the leaders uh, in this season. As you saw in, in Ezra, it was a hard season. There was still opposition to the work that was being done. And here is encouragement uh, for uh, Joshua, the high priest, that he is clothed really in, in pure garments from God. And, and then you see even these words about Zerubbabel, another key figure post exile and God really pointing out how God is there to help. And ultimately God is the one who's going to provide the power in verse six. Then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, not by power, but by my spirit says the Lord of hosts. Who are you? O great mountain before Zerubbabel, you shall become a plain and he shall bring forward the top stone and shouts of grace, grace, to it. So God is affirming these men who have these key positions after the exile and the leadership in Jerusalem in the rebuilding of the temple. And I think even in these visions, he's reminding, hey, it's not you. It's really what I'm doing through you. It's not you, Joshua, the high priest, because you've been clothed in these pure garments given to you by God. It's not you, Zerubbabel. It's not your might. It's not your power. It's but by the spirit of God. That's where we're going to see things really Uh, the the power is going to come not from us, but from God. And that should encourage us as we labor on in this world that ultimately we are relying on God, not on ourselves. And there will come a day when our faith will uh, turn to sight as we sing sometimes. Our faith will turn to sight because Christ will return. The kingdoms of of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. That's worth saying hallelujah about. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.